Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Hello and welcome to the Driven Chat Podcast. My name is Amy Shaw. If you don't know already, then where have you been? And usually I am joined by my lovely co-hosts, uh, Andy J and John Marker. However... This week is a little bit different. We're a little bit all over the place. You know, Andy's got many children to look after and John's got many yachts to be on and all these you know, fancy things, lots of money. And so basically this week you've got me and I will introduce you with uh, to who I am with in a moment. But yeah, this is my first time solo. So please do give me a little bit of leeway if I go a little bit wrong. So uh, <laughs> I am very excited to introduce to you my other half, William Haynes. How you doing, Will? I'm great. So let me explain to you a little bit about where we are and why I'm sat here opposite my my partner, because we're sat in something that's very, very scary to us. I mean, we have, we've been sitting here now for what, about six weeks? Not like all the time, but <laughs> <laughs> roughly six weeks. We're totally terrified. We are totally terrified because that... That's because we are sitting in our very scary, very wonderful E-Type restoration workshop, which is literally called William Haynes Limited. Uh, it's amazing. We're actually having a, we're, Amy and I are sharing the table and we're having a conversation in our office. It's amazing. <laughs> so I'm hoping this podcast will give you all a little bit of an insight into what it's like to, if you've ever thought about starting your own workshop and building it up and thinking, you know what, especially after COVID, maybe you've had some projects that you've been able to work on in your garage and you think, oh, maybe this is something I can do a little bit more, maybe for a business or part time. And, you know, People are asking me if I can do a couple of builds for them. 
we're going to try and give you a little bit of an insight into what it's like to start that workshop and to, to attempt to make a business out of it. <laughs> so let me, to, to, to start it off, both William and I have have written down the answers to three questions. I'll read out the questions now to you. And then at the very end of the podcast, we will go through what our answers are to each other because we, we don't know what each other have said. So question number one is, do you think we've done the right thing? So that's going to be number one. Number two, what's the biggest challenge that we will have from now? And number three, what, uh, where do you want us to be in three years when, uh, when we have to renew the lease on this place? So they're the questions that we're going to be talking a lot about over this podcast and then hopefully go through the answers at the end. And I'm intrigued to know what, what William <laughs> might think about these things because, you know, we have some general chats around the kitchen table about how we think things are going. But um, no, it's, I'm, I'm not actually asked you directly yet. So let's dive in a little bit as to um, as to what's brought us here today to be sitting across the uh, our, our desk, our new desk and chatting on this podcast. So for a start, I'm not very new to nat- garages, but I'm very new to running one. <laughs> you know, <I've, laughs> I have probably yes. photographed in my life, oh my word, maybe 50 different workshops or garages, anywhere from Jaguar Classic themselves or um, up into Ferrari's own workshop and it's I mean it, we were it. at 10 tenths today we're at 10 tenths so Nick so. Mason um who you if you don't know who Nick Mason is then you absolutely should because he's a drummer to quite a very, quite a good band really I mean um, above average he's above average yeah I would say he's above <laughs> so. average and um he has also got one of the most incredible collections of cars that you will ever ever see including the 250 GCO which we are all aware of if we've ever been to, to Goodwood or, or especially the Festival of Speed so I've, I've been in a lot of garages in my time. I mean, my, my dad used to work for Team Lotus Formula One back in the 80s. Uh, and then I frustratingly came along and he thought, oh, I probably can't live in Norfolk anymore. I'd better go and live back in Leicestershire where, uh, where I was with my mum. So uh, that's kind of how, how my story started with cars and things, because then my dad went into classic car restoration. He was a, you know, a very good spray man and a body man. And so he has always brought me around cars and, and motorcycles. And, but um, it wasn't really until I was a grown up until I started getting into the car world myself. And that was purely by fluke. The, the people that he ended up doing this classic car restoration work for had built this replica Ferrari P4. And at this point, I was about, and I had 23, I just finished my degree and at university and I didn't do photography I did um I basically did specializing in metal smithing so I thought I would end up going into something like even car body fabrication I thought that would be something I thought I'd go and get an apprenticeship in and try and you know try my hand at that and then these friends said hey do you want to want to photograph this p4 because we just want to have some photographs for uh, you know to show what we have done the mechanical side of things and I thought I've never photographed a car before in my life I've no, no, very little interesting cars at the time. I mean, I did have my classic Mini that I, I, I'd had for a couple of years at this point. I, I got that when I was 19. So, you know, I kind of knew classic cars and I knew my dad could fix them at least. And I thought, OK, well, I haven't got anything to lose. I'll give it a go. So I photographed this P4. And then not only while I, while I was there, I didn't only photograph the P4, but I also thought, oh, this is such a lovely environment. You know, people were laughing, we got fish and chips for lunch and the light coming through the workshop. I thought, oh, this is really beautiful. You know, greasy spanners everywhere. And oh, it was, it was stunning. And I just really enjoyed photographing all of the things around that. So that was probably, that was the first, the first workshop that I ended up photographing. And then I ended up photographing the Goodwood Revival about a month later. Anyway, 
hey-ho, eight years later, I still seem to be doing this and uh, somehow have made it a, a full-time job. And yeah, now I'm about to, well, I'm the beginning stages of running my own workshop. So that was nothing, something I never, ever planned on doing until I met you, William. So why don't you introduce a little bit about your story? So, I mean, for, for people who are very, very um, in, the, in the know of Jaguar, they might have already heard your name, Haynes. How to explain a little bit more about that. Gosh, um, I think where to start, I'm one of the few people in the world who incredibly fortunate to be sort of have a surname which carries the weight, um, which is an immense responsibility. Um, so my my grandfather was one most, inc- he was the most incredible engineer, um, well ahead of his time. He worked at, um, interestingly, he was actually wanted to become a vet before the war. Um, he was a very, very, very talented man, very surgical in his thinking at that point. Um, war broke out. But before the war, he worked at Humber, which was one of the biggest car manufacturers in Coventry. Um, and he was, he surrounded himself amazingly with some amazing people. So be like, Izzy Gonis who designed the Mini. and um, Great car. I mean, <laughs> Izzy Gonis is probably, you know, he's up there in the top three best design people in the world. Um, so Izzy Gonis and my grandfather were best of friends, like with many other talented engineers at the time. So little things like Torschenbar, Morris Minor, Jaguar, uh, Monocoque, Mini, you know, Citroen, uh, Jaguar. So there's lots of things going down that route. So my grandfather became exceptionally well known in the drawing office at Humber. Bro- war broke out. And then obviously um, everybody was sort of having a slight thought of, you know, different thought of direction at that point. So just before the war, uh, my grandfather got approached by Sir William Lyons, who owned the Swallow Sidecar Company, known as SS Cars. Um, naturally, during war and after war, SS was not the most favourable name <laughs> as a British car company. Not quite. Not quite. So it's a little bit embarrassing. Um, Sir William Lyons, William Lyons at the time, uh, rebranded the company Jaguar Cars. So my grandfather... Also confusingly called William... Yes, known Haynes. as Bill Haynes in the industry, so you can look him up on Wikipedia. Um, he persuaded uh, Lions at the time that Jagger and SS at the time should have their own engine. Everybody was using the same generic chassis, same generic engines at the time, and rebodying them. So the very famous Rolls-Royce and Bentleys had hundreds of different bodies on the same chassis. So the same with Jaguar and everything else, at SS at the time. I'm not doing a very good history lesson there. <laughs> but basically, uh, my grandfather was the first employee of Jaguar Cars as, and became chief engineer and then followed on being a director of the company. Um, he designed the XK engine as well as all of the mechanical, the independent rear suspension with Bob Knight. I think... Not a single person in the world can design one product on their own. It's physically impossible. What Jaguar did was they used and utilised the best draftsmen, the best men of the ideas, the best panel people, the best machinists, and brought the whole team together. So Jaguar, after the war, collected and procured the best team. And my grandfather led that procurement and led that team for over you know, plus 20 years. So he was chief engineer and designer for the XK120, um, XK four-cylinder, and then on the six-cylinder form as a 3.4-litre XK engine. Then my grandfather designed the C-Type with his team. That led on to 
immense long more victories. I mean, darling, if we have one car in our lifetime, if we have a real original C type, I'm just gonna, <laughs> that, I'm gonna leave the room now with happiness. Well, would you amazing. rather have a C type or a D type? Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, both. Um, we need to work harder. Yeah, we do need to um, work really hard for that one. So we? yeah, basically C type. Then um, my grandfather's best friend was um, actually turned out to be my father's godfather, Rand Dunlop. So mm. Jaguar, through friendship, managed to secure the painting for the Dunlop disc brake. So the XK120 in Le Mans um, and C type ran the, the painted a disc brake at the time, which was just revolutionary, um, which allowed Jaguar to win a lot of competition because of reliability of the XK engine, MOS box, and differential. But then the um, suspension and braking was so superior and out, outbraked everybody with speed, reliability and braking compared to the competition. Jagger, that's one of the main reasons. Jagger got the package right, which my grandfather formed the package. The envelope of what the car looks like from a racing point of view is actually immaterial. The mm. package is there for reliability at Le Mans. If you want to do a 40-minute race, the envelope, the body is very important. But if you want to win a 12-hour, 24-hour or 6-hour race, the mechanical of the package what that is what defines greatness in production so once that performance was guaranteed to the XK, xk120 and the c-type then ran the xk140 which is just a lovely car <laughs> it's just one of the best cars and so underrated if you don't if you don't know what an xk140 is type into google it is just oh, it's a very pretty car it's a very pretty car and you could put people in the back of it i mean yes they have to be about <laughs> two foot high but um interestingly that that the rear back seat was designed by my um, my father's sizes when he was about seven, eight years old. So really? it's a real family connection to all these cars. So Jaguar is is totally your heritage. I, I guess that was the, I mean, I, I, I think, I'm sure you've told me this already, but for the people who obviously don't know you, what was the, the first car that you ever drove? Well. Um, was it even Jaguar? I don't actually know. Well, there's a few things. <laughs> so I think romanticizing, I say, yes, of course, it was a Jaguar. <laughs> and I think there was a few, there's a few family stories with that. The honest answer is we had a, when, when, um, when my grandfather left Jaguar, I mean, his trailer cars basically led on to XK140, D-Type, XK150, the E-Type program, including E1A, E2A, E-Type. Um, the most important car he ever made and designed as a production was the XJ6. The XJ6 was singularly the best design concept, I think, of the last century. And it only came out of production a couple of years ago by Jaguar, who, who has ended the XJ series. Um, and XJ13 as well. And then the XJS. So he's an amazing man. So what I'm trying to conclude to is that my father, um, he had a complete passion. He, he spent 20 plus years at Jaguar anyway. Um, and he did, was successful in business. And he collected and procured every car design of which my grandfather designed apart from c-type and d-type um because the budget wasn't quite strong enough to get there. um so yeah we had to sell a few more apples on the farm to do that but uh no so i remember in dearly being my father bought reliant in tamworth in the early 90s in reliant robin yeah and bond bond cars yes. the bond bug and things and so my father bought um the Ellscourt show car xk140 fixed head which is a totally original car my father still got it in the shed at home doesn't work very well because it needs restoring because it, it literally is an unrestored car. Um, sitting in the middle seat, changing gear, driving to Tamworth, my father first got the keys for his new factory. That was quite a special moment. Wow. Um, I think when I first started driving a car on the farm with farmers up in Warwickshire, uh, we had a my grandfather's retirement car he bought was a Subaru Justy Estate with, nice. a, with a four-wheel drive button in the, in the gear, gear stick. 
Um, ironically, thought the best cars ever made in that time period, late seventies, was Subaru. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he actually had a design point there. Um, so I managed to put that age two into drive, took the handbrake off, and drove down the driveway of my mother screaming behind me. <laughs> um, so that I think was the Your first poor mother. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely no regret um so no she she that was the first driving experience but i think i've been driving xk 120s e-types and alike since i could reach the pedals so there's pictures of me age six seven driving cars out of the sheds on the farm and one day they'd be cheap inside of an e-type and the next day we'd be driving it that's quite literally the story of the haynes family car collection that's brilliant that's so so cool and i i remember you telling me when i first met you um yeah you telling me the story about about your heritage the the passion and the excitement that you have always talked about jaguars and uh, you know just the history of them and not even just your history, but everything to do with Jaguar since then is something that you are quite obviously so passionate to your core about. It's not just something that you're, has been part of your family history and then you just think, oh, I should probably carry that on. It, it, it is something that you, to your core, feel like this is something you, you want to do. Absolutely. It, it, I'm so emotionally involved with it. I think it's because, um, A, I've got, um, I've been brought up with it. It's, it's, all what dad and I talk about is cars and then maybe some farming and maybe how are you? <laughs> Just somewhere <down. laughs> Somewhere there. Half an hour later. Um, I think what the thing was, um, I was lucky enough or unlucky enough to go to boarding school my whole life. And every time there's a, you know, something important, my dad would try and turn up in one of the cars. So the cars became quite an emotional tie to me because it, meant create a, it, it gave me immense joy in my childhood where for me, for my bonding time with my parents was actually with the cars and I used to look forward to scraping the points on a rainy December trying to get Mark II's running <laughs> we have all been there if we have a classic car we have been there um, <laughs> why did we not just go electronic I do not know <laughs> because we don't break down <laughs> you know we enjoy breaking down we might park next to a pub or go for a walk we didn't know about well that's, that's but we're the also hope, we're, isn't it? we're both slightly odd and mental we enjoy that sort of thing yes well um, I think that that slightly being slightly odd and mental is probably why we've ended up sitting in our currently um, magnolia office which I'm really hoping will be painted a different colour very soon when we find a bit more time because it got to a point where you then spent quite a lot of, t- of your your career, you know, after you went to, to school and university, which you, you didn't study to be a mechanic or anything like that. No, you? not at all. I, I, was, I went to Sirencester, the Royal Agricultural College, to become a farmer. You're a farmer. by, by Not by trade, by, by, yeah. On paper. On paper, you're a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, a bit like um, what Jeremy Clarkson just found out, is that there's absolutely no... Uh, money in farming at all uh, <laughs> if you've got a thousand acres plus there may be my family we sit between the sort of four to six hundred acre bracket depending on what's been going on renting wise um so we're in a wonderful position where it makes absolutely no money and we have an awful lot of fun and a lot of arguments in the process <laughs> um, so i decided to um learn how a farm should work and learn important how to reverse trailers at night where mm-hmm. you're weighing 12 ton and to go through grain stores and learning how jcbs work and fixing stuff on the side of the road and fixing stuff in fields the driven chat podcast in association with paramex digital i'm i'm waffling well, on a bit but to become a good a good mechanic i might upset a few people um if you can get yourself out of a very 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 nasty very difficult situation in an agricultural situation in the field where it quite literally life and death happens. I mean, if you don't get there or fix that thing or fix that animal or understand that animal and understand the procedures mechanically how to get there, you have to have that instinct of survival mechanically to understand design principle. 
Because if you take something apart in a field, you've got to use a photographic memory to put it back together. So I guess that leads on to, to my next um, next thing, to, I suppose, to explain to, to our listeners is that you, when it comes to E-types now, I would say that you have, from, from the time that I've now been with you, you have got an eye on photographic memory of E-types and especially the first 500. Yes. Has, how... how I will skim past, a, I won't go through your entire CV, but basically you ended up going to work for a fantastic fabrication company called RS Panels. Yep. You then ended up going into mechanicing of E-types for another company. And then you got, it basically brought the the business back home to your, 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 your dad's place, the family farm. And for the last three years or so have been restoring Working. and preserving E-types with the family uh, business, which is still called Haynes Heritage. And from... All of those things you have probably taken apart. How many E types? Or is that is that too too broad? Shall I just go um, the first five hundred? There's a numbers? lot. I think so. What really really excites me is that Jagger produced the first five hundred cards, which are called outside bonnet lock. So for geeks like myself, they're called OBLs. For non geeks like me, they look like li- they've got a little teardrop chrome thing on the side of the bonnet, and they all you need to know is they are the early ones. They are the oldest ones. And, and what it is, you literally get a key which fits any Morris Mine Traveller <laughs> or equivalent. Um, or wind-up clock or something or like that. anything like that. If it's got four points on it, it's all chamfered, it fits. <laughs> a massive screwdriver works, but don't tell any customers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, my grandfather's team produced the first 500, and all these cars were made on a pre-prototype production line. It's called the plywood ch- track, where the cars, um, a lot of the cock-ups in production... And Christ, that doesn't fit. Let Roger Barry just get a hammer to that. Or let's stick a bit of weld on that one. Or let's drill a hole there and let it rust in 50 years' time. Those decisions were made in the first 500. So the really, really, really exciting things for me are left and drive cars because they were made first and then the right and drive second. So there's a couple, there's probably about 10 to 8 right and drive OBLs and then the following left hookers came. And the left-hand drive cars had the most transitions and change so the left and drive cars for me, are, from an academic point of view and from what really excites me in the workshop, is the left and drive cars because there's so many more changes in production very, very quickly. So changes were happening, happening almost daily in production. So they had the first 500 and once they got the head round where items were going to be tooled correctly or the changes had been more finalised and production of parts actually on the shelf ready for production, so sub-assemblies have started coming through at a greater scale, they made a further 700. So then there's 1,200 cars made in 1961, the first 500. After that, they're called flat floor E-types. And so after so 501 is a flat floor? Yes, yeah, so 500 cars are OBLs. Got it. Now, there's, they, they get split down to four different chassis numbers. So, for instance, there's only four write-and-drive fixed-head OBLs. One of There's four of them. I think you're going to lose many. Anyway, gonna, we're going to gloss over that. <laughs> Amy's yeah. giving me the eye. There's gonna, a lot so, of details so in this. Basically, what I'm on about is that the first year of production is what we're all about. And then, obviously, that tears off into 1962. Um and that they are just exciting, but we haven't got another hour to talk about. Um, <laughs> if anybody really wants to hear about this, I mean, we may be able to do a Driven Chat podcast special just on the nerdy E-type bits. So do drop us a message <laughs> or an email on the podcast at drivenchat.com or on our social media channels at Driven Chat if you want to hear any of that. Yeah. But to roll around to why we're now sat here is because it got to a point where you thought, right, I'm ready to go on my own. We thought to ourselves, okay, 
this is super scary. We are young enough to be able to get away with mistakes. If it all goes completely wrong, let's go with wrong, then we've got a chance to be able to, you know, we haven't got any responsibilities. We haven't got things like scary houses or even scary children and dogs and all that. <laughs> then, <laughs> we, <laughs> <laughs> So we thought, right, this is, if we don't do this now, we'll never do it. And I think if, I'd, for both of us, I think I can speak for both of us, it is probably the scariest thing I have ever said yes to. Without question. I mean, there's, Amy and I's relationship is just amazing. So I, um, I might just add into, into this bit. You and I have known each other for now for not even a year. It's a year this week. Yes, it is a year this week. Yeah. So this was a, when, I won't go into, into too much details because it will bore you, but things fell into place where it got to the point where the day that we decided, the actual day, my lovely Land Rover Defender was completely in parts and broken in a field. Uh, I had to come and pick you up in my MGB GT. <laughs> you had one tool that you that you could that you had with you, which you chose was a. What did you choose? I well, I got a torsion bar suspension setting tool, which sets E type height, ride height. So for for those of you who are like me and don't know what the hell that would look like, it looks like a, a big fat ruler with some holes in it. And they're, I thought they're very special holes. <laughs> and I was like, well, you don't want to pick up a spanner or something like that instead. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that, that one tool's taken me five years to work that out. Okay. So that's five years of watching, looking, and measuring other people's cars and our own cars and built the cars I've been building with my previous team, working out how to do it. So that one bar to me was as more important than my phone at the time. Mm. Um, when, when I when I decided to leave, um, obviously because what what I I was doing at Haynes Heritage, there's a lot of um, a lot of work being done there under my stewardship. So we had to make a decision very quickly what to do. Um, and no no, no horribleness there at all. It's just a matter of business life. So I had to separate emotion from my family side to create a business plan and make a business decision. And the business decision was um, I had to leave that company to start this. But that also meant that um, I had to leave very quickly. Um, so I basically phoned Amy in the field looking after her Defender, which I'd taken the t- turbo off, the intercooler off. I said, that's our only working car at the moment. That wasn't a good idea. Um, went to the workshop saying, I can't pull my toolbox out because that won't fit in the MGB. So what's the most valuable thing I can take, which I can know I can start tomorrow a business, and that is this torsion bar setting tool. Um, it's, it's almost like if you, dear listeners, looked at your own house or your own garage and thought, right, if there was suddenly, if I had to leave, there was floods or a fire or whatever, what would be the thing, if you knew all your family and pets were safe, what would be the thing you would take from your garage? Let's stick it with garage. Like, of everything, if, if even even let's say all your cars are out, what is the thing that you would take? Would it be a bit of art or a tool or something like that? That would be quite an interesting thing to look around. Um, so that was that was probably about six, seven weeks ago from this point we are recording this podcast. Yeah. And it didn't go quite to plan even from that point. So, you know, we, we had an idea that we might be, be looking to, to move. So the first thing we did was we went and found a unit. Units? Turns out, oh my goodness, are not cheap. So and, and they're really hard to find good ones. Oh, incredibly hard. We must have looked at probably about six units before we found this place. At least, and they all have the massive positives and massive negatives. Yes. And the one we found was the best unit for space and location and everything. But oh my goodness, was it bad? <laughs> it was horrendous. When we saw this unit, we walked in and. It looked like you'd just gone to your local tip and somebody had been using it part-time. It was 
Honestly, horrendous. there was that much scrap cardboard. You could walk on the cardboard to the to the mezzanine. Yes. It was that bad. It was that was pretty bad. There was oil drums everywhere, filled with horrible Defender oil everywhere, and it had weird paintings like a mural <laughs> around the Very whole. Very strange murals. I mean, on the wall. if you were on drugs, that's what you'd create. <laughs> so. It did look like somebody had been squatting here for for a long time. It was yeah. it was. Yeah, so we walked in and we thought, yes, we'll take it. So <laughs> thankfully we did manage to say this isn't quite fit to let. And so we had quite a, a few a few weeks to have to wait. But then we ended up moving in and pretty swiftly, actually. Well, there's, there's also a big thing in between that because we were like, we, Amy and I were like, we, well, let's do this. We want this unit. But we didn't really have the, we needed something to nudge us to sign on. <laughs> And it's one of those things where if you go and buy a house and you're like, I really, really like this house, but I, I'm going to get a chance as a there to check the chimney. We needed that person or that th- something in our lives to, as a catalyst to make us make the move. So then we went down to, you managed to get a car, uh, a brand new plus four. Morgan. I got to borrow a lovely, lovely plus four Morgan. Yes. And we're like, you know what? You've just resigned. Let's go and get away for, for a few days. Get some fresh air. Yep. Fresh air. That's that's what we'll call it because then on the on the drive back up from the beautiful Cornwall, um, you said, "Oh, I feel a bit, I feel a, a bit, bit dodgy, feel a bit dodgy here." Yeah, I was like, "Crikey, crikey, anyway, bobs!" I thought, you know what? Well, when we get back, we'll just do a lateral flow test. Well, who knew COVID was a thing? So. Well, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. No, I would not recommend the COVID. But for our personal situation and our relationship. I have no regrets. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it basically meant that we, at that point, had decided that we were going to take on a unit. We'd found a unit at this point. We thought, right, we're just waiting on the paperwork now. And then we got COVID and we had to be locked down together in a, a, a tiny, tiny two-up, two-down cottage in Warwickshire, figuring out what the hell we were going to do, where we were going to get the money from, where we were going to get benches or tools or staff. Because li- customers li- for a start, because this is the other thing, when... At the point where we where you left your previous company, we didn't know if any of those customers would want to go with you. We didn't know if that would be, you know, we didn't know what, yeah. what contracts and things were in place. So we were going into this completely thinking we are on our own. We had the, we had nobody to help us, nothing to kind of start with. Uh, and then we had nobody, even family, who could say anything for what we're doing because it was really our thing. We There was no need for me to leave the family business. There was no need for me to do that. The reason that I left it was to have an adventure and to have this adventure with Amy. So it was something where for our for our personal relationship and also for our personal careers. Because that is also quite a, a serious thing, especially if you're thinking, you know, I fancy setting up um, a workshop myself or a dealership. You know, I've got, I've got we, we have a very good friend. I won't I won't say who, who I know has set up a dealership fairly recently. And one of the things he had to have was a very serious discussion with his wife because he thought, well, you know, if this isn't her dream, then how's that going to affect our relationship? And if you are thinking to yourself, you know, I really think this is the time for me to start my own business, but I don't know how my spouse is going to take it. I don't know how to approach it. That can be very, very tough on a relationship as well. Immensely. And I I think by having these serious, serious grown-up decisions, which is hilarious, so we don't do grown-ups very well. (laughs) Um, So we all sat down in COVID with our cat, (laughs) getting a little bit of fat on wine. Yes. Um, trying to exercise miserably whilst <laughs> having COVID. Did not work. Can't taste, can't smell. But we said, A, do we still love each other? That's a yes. B, are we going to do this very big, scary life decision to go into business together? And still yes. C, we haven't lost our temper with each other for 10 days. We've been stuck in the house, a tiny, tiny house. So we are good. Um, <laughs> but also we had to have that very serious discussion of if it went wrong, what would we do as well? Yeah, and... And I'm not talking just about the business, but personally as well. 
Exactly. And I'm lucky enough that I love reversing trailers and I'm very happy just mowing the lawn from that for trust for all the rest of my life. Um, but I, yeah, but I mean, and also you love your photography. So mm-hmm. it's something where both of us, if the whole world imploded in the classic car world, both of us would be incredibly happy doing something we're both very good at, which isn't building wonderful cars. Yeah. We have a good fallback as well. Yeah, but there's always been a plan B. Always. Yeah, so we've we've kind of accepted the fact that if we completely ran out of money and it all went wrong, we would still be okay at the end of it. And I don't think there's very... We are very lucky, very, very lucky in the situation that we are in, that we, as I've said already, we don't have a mortgage that we have to pay and we don't have mm. um, kids or anything like that. No, it, it's, it's one of those things where go, going going into this... COVID gave us the nudge of confidence to then apply both our mindsets on to, to make this successful. So, uh, you know, this is quite a personal chat. So I'll tell you that when I, when I left the family business, obviously um, there's a huge amount of personal sacrifice to go there to the point where I went into this saying, darling, I've got 400 pounds in the bank. And from a long, quite a long career, I'm now 28 and I've been working all of my adult life to have a lot of money and lose a lot of money and then literally start again with nothing. Literally nothing. Lit- because we've we've got the unit, we've successfully paid for that and everything else. So literally left over. You know, personally, as director of my own company, it was £400 in the bank. Now, that is a huge courage move to get COVID. Without COVID, none of this would have happened because I needed the time to reflect and actually stop and listen and listen to other people's advice of being in a similar position to say, it will be okay, Will. You know, we will get working. You are very good at what you do and you're well respected. The work will come. And, you know, we got the keys the first day. By first week, I was very, very wobbly, thinking, have I done the right thing? Week two, I was like, I think we're going to be okay. Amy and I had a cuddle saying, we're going to be okay. (laughs) Um, And then by the second week, I think, what first few cars coming in well i suppose this is the uh, let's let's i want to move on to talk about the some of these delights that we've had and also the rants that we've had because yeah the delights have they've been great the 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 rants have been tough very very tough so within the first um within the very first week of trading we i won't go into details of this but we received a solicitor's letter from somebody and that was a real real kick and that was something we were we, we expected might happen but then it was it was tough to have to deal with in your first week it was and, it, and it's, it's a letter which um is not reflective on the company or us personally it was, it was a letter which was more of an emotional uh, issue um so that was quite difficult to come with so when you're starting your own business um, it is literally not day by day, it is hour by hour. Yeah, because the same um, day we then, th- I think we then got um, a fantastic phone call saying, I've, you know, just found out that about your new business, I, you know, I'm, I'm new, I'd like to, to come and, and yeah. um, give my car to you. And then that, you think, suddenly you're like, yeah, we did a thing. So, so you've got a thing where you've got a major <laughs> London law on one hand, thinking, I'm going to tell you off of something which you shouldn't be told off about, but I'm sort of on your side, but I'm not. So what are you on about? And the next thing, well... <laughs> Come on, let's do a color change of this flat floor type fund. Mm-hmm. You know, here, here's basically um, a lot of money over a year and a half project. Um, you got some work for a year and a half. You think, how is this the same cup of tea <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah. drinking? Because my tea is so hot. Because <laughs> my tea is so hot. I've had these two polar opposites happen. So I think um, 
it's just wonderful that it is and still is i mean i, I think we're now going not hour and hour now we're doing probably day by day at the moment yeah it's because it, then this is the other thing the point where the solicitors thing all managed to get cleared up very 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 quickly and that was all fine and then it got a bit well you know up until the but up until the point we had a unit we couldn't start things like buying equipment so we hadn't got any benches we hadn't got any tools we, we had we couldn't afford it no we couldn't afford we, it we couldn't afford to get new so um, you would scour ebay and facebook marketplace looking for benches and tools and ramps and lifts and i mean i was seeing amy's head in because we were sort of 11 o'clock at night oh and my I was, word. Oh, we, we, we would we would be lying in bed and i'd be like oh you know i'm gonna settle down i'll have a little sleep and then you'd say hey bab i found this this ramp off of facebook marketplace and <laughs> I, i'm driving to scotland to get it <laughs> it was, <laughs> was like no you're not it <laughs> so, was literally like that almost um, daily and you know we, we would wake up and then we would be, again be talking about work we'd go to sleep we'd be talking about work it was completely all-encompassing for it changed our personal dynamic as well because it is a big thing i mean what i would say my biggest piece of advice is if you, you set a solid line in the sand budget on what you can spend on certain items so tools equipment garage equipment do you need that or can you get away with this or likewise and the same with also what things you buy new and what things you think absolutely you, you can buy secondhand so for example with 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 us safety was always going to be top so the thing that you use the most in the workshop and you thought i need to make sure this is on point is a ramp yeah good quality working ramp and i phoned uh probably six to seven and emailed ramp companies uh in europe ramps are really difficult things to think about because you can get some really cheap ones for 1200 pounds or you can get some really expensive ones for fifteen thousand pounds um, there was a point where we even thought, do, can we even afford a ramp? Can we, do we, shall we just work on axle stands for the first six months? That was yeah. something we discussed as well. Um, the problem is, um, when you're working your own, which at this point I said, well, I could well be working my own for the next six months to even a year, safety is adamant. Anything hydraulic, new. Anything I'm underneath a car, new. Mm-hmm. Anything remotely which could go wrong on my own, new. So we spent, um, we went with Twinbush. Uh, which is a German manufacturer on... They're very good ramp people. They are very good. <laughs> and they listened to me when I said, I really need bespoke arms making so I can put an E-type on the ramp without having an issue. If you ever want to see what goes wrong on a ramp, if you don't have a car correctly positioned on the arms or your arms aren't long enough or something, you can Google this or go on YouTube and basically look for car falling off ramp. Literally, it's hilarious. It, it's hilarious when it's not you. <laughs> yeah, touch wood. <laughs> we have any um, word where all of our stuff is um, new and not wooden. <laughs> so no, basically we, we spend the money wisely. Um, tools, don't get new tools. Don't buy £1,000 of snap-on spanners. Get one for £40 off eBay and you have the full set. And actually they come in metric too. Um, <laughs> there's things you do and don't need. So We have been, we have done rubbing down and grinding down of benches for on, hours. Honestly, thank you Shropshire Police. <laughs> Why are we thanking Shropshire Because police? that's where I bought those those oh, yes. um, movable benches. I mean, they're like £800 each normally, and we got them for £180 each. What do we think the police were doing with them? Well, they, they renew them every like 10 years because we pay way too much tax. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so really, we're thanking the taxpayer. Yeah, thank, thanks to everybody. <laughs> thank um, you for our benches. <laughs> thank you, me, my previous work life. Um, <laughs> no, so we, things like that. I, mean, I drove around, and you know, we had some lovely friends. I, I'll say some names like Richard Plant, for instance. Um he lent me his Brian James open trailer, which I've completely taken advantage of. Hopefully by the time he hears this, we will have given it him back and apologised profusely because we might have... I mean, we've been we've moving many cars and heavy things. We might have scratched it a little bit. Um, no, but, you know, it's one of those things where without... Friends. Friends, 
people within the industry who do say we've got your back and it's okay and tell you when you're being a muppet importantly i think that's what yeah probably one of the the hardest things to hear is you are wrong or you are doing this wrong and for you to think i'm trying my hardest but i think you're right exactly i I think the everybody can say everything's wonderful all of the time um amy and i are lucky enough that we're really go-getting happy baseline happy people um if you do suffer and you're not always baseline happy this is a really big thing because there's some days i cried there's some days where I came home and didn't tell Amy I cried because I was embarrassed because if I felt like I was weak in this position, you know, we st- this is a big, big decision and I couldn't let anything in those first four weeks be remotely detrimental to what we're doing. So by having people who are there who you establish yourself with as friends in the industry who say, well done, or I think you should think about that, or let you, let, I had a very good conversation with um, a friend of ours a couple of days ago and he knew what my, he knew what the conclusion was when I raised the topic, and he allowed me to talk for ten minutes to make me talk through the whole process to then conclude that it was the wrong decision. So people let you talk yourself through the position to then come to the right conclusion, and without friends and people to guide you who've had twenty, thirty, forty, sixty years of experience in this industry, we haven't got a cast in hell's chance to get this right. So by supporting ourselves with the best of the best of people who we truly value enables us to do what we can do very very well i suppose it's going back to what you said at the beginning of the podcast of when your grandfather was trying to build you know the cars for jaguar tr- they're creating jaguar as we know it with the he tried to make sure he was surrounded by the best people around him and absolutely that's exactly what You're, you have said to me from the beginning is that you've always tried to surround yourself with the people who are best at what they can do because not everybody even even now can do everything brilliantly there are companies out there that may try to and they probably do it very very well but if you want to try your hardest to be the best at what you do then you you'll never be the best on your own you do have to have help from friends family suppliers all these people that you surround yourself with to create the best thing you possibly possibly can i mean i want to make it in foot long letters along the wall saying you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with and you're only as good as the as the last job you've done um so that's the real moral of what we do it's to Basically, to, to conclude on that little subject, is that it was an immensely difficult thing to, to, to get this thing up and running with £400 in the bank. But we held in, we held in strong. I feel like we're sailing into the wind on a hard tack, thinking <laughs> we're going to be okay. Yeah, it uh, was so... It was ballsy. It was scary. It was really, really scary. So, I mean, thanks to my ridiculous oversaving of Amy Shaw Photography Limited, it's, we managed to have a little bit more cash to start us off. So, I mean, that's money that we, we do hope will the business will pay back to, you know. It, it will do. I mean, as we spend, as, as we're literally right now, I've got... We've spent all the money. <laughs> well, we haven't spent all the money. We've we, spent no, quite a lot no, of we, money. No, we, we, we're doing okay. We've spent... The thing is, I'm not going to go into details of cash for the podcast as well, because if you are thinking of doing this yourself, our situation will be completely different to yours. So what William said is when you do set your own budget and you think to yourself, okay, I've got this amount to spend, keep to that that is important because the minute you think oh i can go over here or i can go over there you will go wrong very very quickly i mean it's you don't have to count every tea bag you're using or anything like that but um <laughs> you do it, go through copious amounts of tea when you need a bit of a oh, hug do. and a mug I, I i had a mental picture and also importantly this is a really really good bit of advice and i got told this by accident by a solicitor who was quitting that same day so she told me and said 
I haven't told you that. <laughs> when you're renting a unit, they will never give you, the people you're you know, renting a unit from, they will never give you the full picture. You then have to get your solicitor, your, your, your people on your end, to allow, to get you in the frame of mind and tell you, this is a good unit, the roof needs changed, the gutter needs changed, the windows are crap, etc. Just like when you were to move into a house and you have a surveyor go and look at all these things for you, definitely, if you're going to move and rent into a unit, get somebody to check those yeah. things. Uh, it's, worth, it's, worth, it's, it's a couple of thousand pounds. Every, worth every penny. It's worth the penny. It, it's, anyway, but I, she told me that you, there's a sublet clause, clause in this contract. So that enabled me to have the confidence in taking the unit on anyway. Without, with, I knew the work would come, but I didn't know when the work would come. So that because of COVID, it could be a week, it could be six months, it could be a year. The classic car movement is strange. There's a capital gains tax um, in the next budget that might come up. So there's things like that where I was afraid of. Um, but it said, no, well, actually, in the contract, you can make it so you can sublet your building with, with consent from the landlord. You can subcontract that building. So if something went wrong or if I dropped down dead or whatever happened, that Amy would be able to get another tenant in here and pay the bills oh i would do something like i would create a photography studio or run workshops from the workshop or create car storage or something like that Literally we, anything. we had the ability to be able to have a plan b or plan c if things went wrong and that was yeah. always something that we desperately wanted to make sure that we had because you know as you are going through these very early steep ups and steep downs it's nice to know that at the end of the day, you can go to bed and hopefully, I know, I know, I know I've lost a number, a lot of nights of sleep from from worrying about money, from oh, that's terrible. worrying about, you know, customers. And then you were really worried about staff because in my head, I suppose this is different when you, you know, you've got two of you running a business. In my head, I thought we're not going to take staff on for a, a lot of months yet. And you said to me, I, I cannot not take staff on. I need staff. And I thought, how the hell are we going to afford that? Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, first of all, you were concerned about finding them because the thing is, when we, which, you know, we are trying, we, we are hoping, and it is, I suppose, our aim at some point in the future to be able to produce the the the, the best E-type restorations, preservations that we possibly can in in the market. I, I suppose is that is that our aim? Actually, well, no, no, I, I better not answer this because this is also it, part it, of it, our. It, 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 it absolutely is. But to we were lucky enough that I came to a very very fast conclusion that. When I had one car and a second car come in, plus the phone calls I was having, I think actually we're going to be busier than I ever have been. Um, and I need somebody from a safety point of view. I, it's a lot of things, are two-man jobs. Let's put an advert out. So Amy, Amy well, and I were basically this, hang saying... Hang a second, let's, let's rewind there. Because okay. we, we thought about putting an advert out. And thankfully, because of, from my point of view, my, my following on, on social media, I thought, right... I'm not too concerned about finding somebody. Your concern was finding somebody skilled. Yeah. Because I was like, if you need somebody, I'm sure we can find a, oh, a mechanic. All of you would love to come and help. I'm sure you would. But it's just trying to find the right person for me. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. I mean, yeah, I'm, um, I tried my hardest. I was like, what? I, I, am, not, I am not a good spannerer. <laughs> I was like, if you need some help, I can help. But, you know, I'm often photography job stuff because, again, when it comes to running your own business, you don't pay yourself. So at the minute, we're not paying you anything. So no. going back to this is quite an open conversation, actually. It's me that's looking after the household. So I need to make sure that my photography business is still ticking over. So I'm running around the country, still trying my hardest to, to keep all of that going yeah. at the same time. 
doing all the admin for, and, 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 and driven chat and driven chat of course um for, and, and being and the iap awards crikey, and, well, look at amy's instagram oh what she has she's actually ambassador of and thing you can't fit any more on <laughs> and then she met will haynes and then um, i thought you know what i'm, I'm busy already but let's let's get on start any type restoration workshop. <laughs> you see amy's face right now she's got oh, like frowny she's got a head on a hand on her head she's got a little sweat on um, <laughs> attractive thank you very much yeah, you're beautiful darling um well but this is the on this is a very open honest chat about what we have had to go go to, to to this point so the point where we decided to announce that we had this this workshop because we thought to ourselves we don't want to announce this until we are ready until we yeah. can take on people and also emotionally ready oh emotionally of course emotionally i mean it's we won't i wasn't when the week before we launched this 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 product and the, and the company which amy's about to tell you uh, that week, I was not in a mental state. No, you had say, a few. We had, had a, quite a lot of knockdowns. I had a lot of knockdowns, um, and things. I had, we picked ourselves up, and we got knocked down again. We picked ourselves up again, and said, "No, I am now ready to take it on." We had the work in the workshop, so I started being able to invoice out. We had a couple of customers said, "Well, we are one hundred and ten percent behind you." That gave me the confidence to start the workshop, but my mindset wasn't quite there yet. Then. I got very kindly asked to be a judge at Hampton Court. So I let Amy carry on this bit. So this was a wonderful thing because for you, I think it reminded you, because when, when you are, when whenever you start your own business, there will be many times, even when your business is, is up and running, like I know myself, I've been doing photography for cars, of cars for eight years now. In those eight years, I have doubted myself. Oh. So, so many times, a lot more, a lot more at the beginning, less so now, but only because I've now found I've got to the confidence where I can look at what I have produced. I know what I what I do know. And I can think, no, actually, I am OK at this. I'm actually good at this. And to remind yourself that you are good at what you do. And if you've been knocked down a number of times, that can your your personal self-esteem gets really, really low. So for you to then be asked to be a judge for the Jaguar Trophy at Hampton Court this year of 2021 yeah. was a... As initially, you were like, I don't know if I'm if I'm good enough. I, I don't know if, I, if I'm the right person for this. It, it's a strange thing because I am only 28. Yeah. Um, without being big-headed, I, I'd like to think on early E-types. I'm in the top few numbers in the world of, of knowledge on that. But you also doubt yourself immensely. I um, think the, the, the good thing is, though, as long as you know you're always open to be told, no, you're wrong. Absolutely. And know that you're... You're, you may not know everything, but you know a lot. And that's, yeah. I think, there's I, the confidence I, side of things. Literally, every day is a school day. Like, you, no one knows everything. I'm just very fortunate I've been a part of a company and a situation where I've taken a lot of cars apart and built quite a number. Now, to go to Hampton Court, I thought, finally, I have the boost to say, we are doing this. <laughs> we can do this. We've got the cars. Let's go and make a business work. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was at Hampton Court where you started. You you did the judging, and you thought, actually, I am good at this. Yeah, we're, we're good. I'm like, we're going to be okay. It was a nice little <laughs> ego boost, I think. It, it was a bit of champagne as well. And there was a bit of champagne, yeah. And then you thought, I think it was over the champagne, and we said, should we should we just announce it? Should we just say that this is going to be our thing? And yeah. yeah, that was a big scary thing for us. So we did a little Instagram live, and we oh, on my own social media and said, hey, we're going to be running and starting our own. E-type, restoration, preservation, servicing, business. Yeah. You know, go and have a look. And then literally two days later, we received an email. We didn't ask for any of this. We received an email from a fantastic bloke called David Smith who said, hey, um, I've just seen that you're doing a restoration workshop. Um, I'm looking to, to move jobs. Here's my CV. And oh, my word. So 
if I could pick a CV out of the thin air saying. <laughs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If I hadn't had my own company, if I gave a CV like that when I'm 40 years old, I'd be a happy man. <laughs> this, oh, David, who um, you'll all get to meet, I'm yes, sure. Yes, he will be appearing on many of the social media channels. Um, you know, I've not even asked him if he's, if he's okay. Oh, I've, I, I did, I've done Have all you? that. Okay, good. Right, <laughs> tag <Just> team. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, he's starting actually this Monday. So I'm not sure when this comes out, but he, he's starting uh, next Monday. He is so excited. Um, and David was lucky enough that he was one of the main people, the fitting side of the D-type project at Jagger Classic. He then went to work at Fines. And before that, he had a very, very, very long established business um, working with, um, so he's a foreman working at um, Toyota and things. So he's, he's an exceptionally talented man. And the best CV I could have plucked out the sky landed on my lap. So this is when you when you are starting your, your own business, there are all of these ups and downs and that for us that was a let's have another glass of champagne kind of, well i mean we can't afford the champagne i think it might have been prosecco we, we with did a funny dance actually <laughs> don't tell people about the funny dance <laughs> they might spot it in public. <laughs> um. but so this is i suppose we're rounding up now to to kind of the the present day because the other ups and downs my word if you if you have to do things kind of you understand where people come on you know get frustrated with things like bins oh my word don't get me started on bins we'll be here a long time i'm like an issue on managed furious about the council um but it's not even the plumbing council no, it is starts it? with b no well in, and ends they're red a. <laughs> basically but they're brilliant you, at the same time yes when yeah. you are you know p- putting a workshop together you you accumulate a lot of rubbish you know things do arrive in boxes that you've ordered online so you've got a lot of boxes and then you're you're sweeping because things are still a bit messy and then you're, you're painting things you've got buckets and you have no bins to put empty tea in. bags empty tea bags what do you Loads. do empty bags? so i mean for the first few weeks we had to take bins home and try to shove it in our own bins at home but yeah six weeks for our actual commercial bins to arrive yeah. oil drums we suddenly had to think about health and safety we've got to start thinking about you know, we, we, we would suddenly had to think about all these things. So, I mean, when the bins turned up. <laughs> you sent me a photograph of them. <laughs> We've got bins. We've got bins. <laughs> uh, and then the oil drum turned up so I can start servicing cars. Because this is the other thing. We couldn't start working until we had some of these things. So we yeah. had work in, but we physically couldn't do it until we had something like, as you said, an oil drum to I mean, put the oil in. Should I just run through the basic things you need to start a business and restoration Go really, really quickly? Insurance. Yes, that was scary. So, so for being my age... With saying that we have got X million 
pounds of cars in the workshop at any one time. Not right now, I might n- add. N- I guess <laughs> will we, will, be. we will never have that if you want to come around, if you want to come break in. But that will never be there. <laughs> but I had to explain my current situation and the work situation and what I do at my level of work. And then there's working progress. So you may take a car apart, but when you're building it, that car gains value every week whilst it's being worked on. It's quite a complicated structure. The first company, may no names, who are one of the best and the biggest, turned out not to be the best. And they won't even have the decency to phone me back and send a reply saying, William, you're basically, we think you're full of poo. poo. <laughs> and I said, well, that's not fair. So then I found through our friends at Angus Moss, uh, Moss Jagger, who are wonderful people. Go and check them out as well. But also come to us if you want to as well. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they're wonderful. If you're Steffi, we way, love you. That's right. Um, no, do check, go and check them out because they are good people. Um, they said, go and look at our, our people who we use. Um, and we went to this wonderful, wonderful firm, managed to speak to a couple of wonderful people on the phone. And literally within a day, I had my perfect insurance policy. So that was a big step. Get insurance sorted. Get bins sorted. Get where you're going to get rid of your waste oil sorted. Axle stands. Jacks. Get all of that sorted before you move into the unit. Because you might move into the unit thinking, I need to move a car, but I haven't got a jack. That happened. Ironically, <laughs> that happened. Oh, Com- engine crane. That was one thing we engine didn't think we really need, but we really did. Um, three phase. Three phase in electric, yeah. Of don't course. get a don't get an electrician in to tell you, you haven't put the switch on. <laughs> 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 um so no, there's things like that. So I think you need to write a list out. Our big thing for my me me personally was insurance because of age and the value of what we're working on. And then basically just rubbish life stuff like bins. Yeah. Um and don't be boring and walk into a Magnolia workshop like we have. Oh, I'm paint so it, excited about paint this. the workshop before you put s*** in it. Well, maybe we should say that people, that's that's really a thing that you do at the end because we still haven't done it because we can't, currently we, we're thinking that's something we don't need to spend money on, but we would like to be considered more interesting than Magnolia walls. No offence to anybody who's looking around the living room right now thinking, well, bugger, I've got Magnolia walls. We're, we're just mad. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that is kind of where we've got to this point. So... We've now got to the point where we have got a running workshop. We've spent quite a lot of money. That was one big up recently. We sent our very first invoice. Admittedly, the bloke hasn't paid yet, but we sent he, it. He will pay. Um, <laughs> we, we, we serviced the car I built a couple of years ago, so I knew the car very well. Came back for, came back for its first shakedown service. So we had a proper car in the workshop again. Um, and that invoice will be in the downstairs loo. I'm definitely life. framing that for sure. Um, and and ironically from that, you probably see on social media, we've got a really cool flat floor, um, completely original car, very rotten coming apart. We've got another flat floor. Which we're calling Project Zero, yeah. might, I might add. We then got chassis 113, uh, right and drive roadster flat floor in for full strip. We then got two other 1962 cars coming in for full re- restoration. So we are now okay. We've yes. got a lot of work. We've got uh, one full-time member staff, chap who's part-time coming in, hopefully become full-time. And the view that we're going to give it six months with the view that we will need somebody else. We've got an apprentice as well, which I uh, yes, we do. maybe slightly meanly called Minion Matt. No, he's no, little minion. his name's Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also Minion Matt. He's, uh, no, he's lovely. Lo- he's really lovely. And actually, I think he, he's given me so much hope and inspiration for having somebody who's 16 years old, who's mm. so instantly passionate and looks up to us he said 
I really think what you do is really, really cool and I want to get involved. Can I help? That's actually probably um, a good point. If you're listening to this and you are somebody that might even still, still be at school or you're thinking this is something I want to get into when I'm older, go and speak to people you know that locally do something that you're interested in and say, hey, yeah. can, can I help out on a, you know, maybe you don't have school in a Friday afternoon, just say, can I go and help or whatever. Go and pester these people because I think Matthew, bless him, probably pestered us for about, three months before I, we were ready to I, I think take so. him and, um, and if it works well, I had a good chat with him in the car yesterday. He's got such an instant talent and passion for what we do that he is somebody age 16 could be fully skilled by 25. Wow. Um, now, to do this job is a 15-year apprenticeship. Um, actually, it's a lifetime apprenticeship. But the time I can start charging him out properly is going to take five years. Um, so he's somebody who could really grow the business, which I'm really excited about. Um, so if you are in that situation, there's some brilliant people out there. Um, there's the Heritage Skills of Bista and I like, there's a few other people like that companies looking after 16 year old plus going to friendships. But if, the best thing to do, pick, find somebody like myself and Amy and drop us an email. If we don't respond, Instagram us, drop us a Facebook message, <laughs> come and make tea and let yourself in. You have to. No, don't let yourself don't, in. That might be a security no. breach, but, but <laughs> knock and we'll let you in. You can see who's a grown up in this relationship. <laughs> right? um, but basically, just pester and pester because this is a very difficult world to get into for no fault of anyone's. It's just the nature of the beast. So you have to be a little bit out there and do pester because, bless him, Matthew, if I could find another five Matthews in the next 10 years, I've got a significant, wonderful business model. Uh, which then can support everybody. So I'm aware now that we've been talking for almost an hour. So this is, I mean, I find this interesting because it's you and I that's chatting. I really hope that people listening have found this interesting. But we should probably go on to the questions that we first spoke about at the beginning of the podcast where we individually wrote down the answers to. And I'm intrigued, genuinely intrigued to hear what your answers are. So hopefully this won't run on for too long. But um, yeah. Sorry for the noise, I'm just being paperwork. He's uh, written these uh, these answers down in his diary because you have to be on it with calendars and diaries and things but uh anyway number one then let's start with this william do you think that we've done the right thing yes (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm glad that both of us have started off with a yes um i have said absolutely um i think there's going to be there has been many many ups and downs but either way we absolutely needed to try otherwise we would spend the rest of our lives lives wondering, what if? This is by far the biggest adventure I have ever, ever done in my life. And I've done quite a lot of scary, adventurous things. I think you might be the same. But this is by no shadow of a doubt the scariest, biggest thing I've ever done. And probably other than, genuinely, other than having children, if that ever, day ever comes, this will be the scariest thing I will ever do. But I'm still glad we've done it. Yeah. That's, that's was that your, well, sorry, I just talked over your answer. No, 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 absolutely right. I completely agree with you. And the answer is yes for me. Um, I have, I have, oh, sorry, I too posh to talk. <laughs> I have the best support. Um, I couldn't, if I couldn't do it now, there will never be a right time of doing it. So the people who um, I surround myself with and the love we have for what we're doing, this is this moment in time for us. And if we couldn't do it now, that time will never happen again. Life will get in the way. I would have got a proper job. Um, Amy would have got busier and busier and busier. And then you know, real uh, life for us would have happened. So we, our time wouldn't have worked. So if we couldn't do it now, we would never have done it. So 100% yes, it was the right decision. I might also add to people listening, we should remind them that I am 30 years old and you are 28 years old. So this 
is something that I, I don't know if many people in our age bracket have done something like this. And I would, if you are of our similar age and have done something like this at the time, at our age, please get in touch. Do let us know how you're getting along. <laughs> Give us advice. We are, we are all ears, I promise you. I think we'll be laughing in five years' time. Well, that's what I hope. Well, but hang I, on. I know we will be. That's getting down to question three. So yeah, let's, sorry, let's, okay, let's go on to, to question two. Um, what's the biggest challenge that we will have from now? Because we've already done quite a lot of big challenges. So mm. from now, what do you think is the biggest challenge? Me saying no. Interesting. We are too busy to accommodate your work. Please book it in and we'll get round to it in a year's time. I suppose being any form of freelance, and I know this from the photography side, the minute that you say yes too many times you overload yourself you burn out you don't do the job well and it is detrimental to yourself and your business and yeah. i think being able to learn to say no is something that is very scary and also um very wise at times we're still yeah we'll, we're get to the saying no bit soon <laughs> we're currently some, we're still saying yes i mean we're generally quite yes people aren't um, we restoration wise it is now i'm de- if you want to meet for me to do a restoration for you i'm now looking at what what it the car is not because what the car is i want to know what chassis number it is what what history it's got we've now got quite a lot of work so i will only now take work on for a long-term project if it's something which i get very excited about if it's not it's you have to join the queue well i suppose that's in a very the, polite way yeah but it, it gets to the point but i get to the same with my photography work there's so many things i would like to do but then you haven't you have physically do not have the time to be able to do them all the space and you know in this what's how many square foot is our unit three and a half thousand thousand. square foot and so we haven't got the space to take on a lot of i mean realistically we can take on four to five five e-types in full uh, restoration production max and then that leaves us enough room for two cars of service um so we we are a small ship um so the answer is i have to get better say no but then not the reason i can say no is people like the product and then people are willing to wait to get their product, their car done by us. And that, in a few years' time, if I have the ability to say that in confidence, will be in a really lovely situation. That would be lovely. So as my answer to what's the biggest challenge we have now, and once again, I'm going quite personal, I think our relationship. Well, because yeah. we have started off as meeting each other a year ago, hanging out and thinking, yeah, I can hang out with you for a bit more. And then we've gone from being a relationship partner to working partners and trying to work out how to work together as a couple as well as business partners. I'm str- I'm still figuring it out. I mean, we're only we're only very early days, but as we've said early in in the podcast, like we we talk about work a lot. We talk about work on our car journeys, and I'll do emails when we're we're driving back from I don't know Tesco's, and I'm. Uh, it's very, very difficult to switch off that work mentality and just remind yeah. ourselves. It was only very, very recently that you and I went away to a friend's for for, for a night and we had dinner and we remind we remi- were reminded by our friends that, you know, we're still a couple. It's still, you know, we, we still go on holiday f- to, to do fun things. So if we're going away soon and we're going to make sure that we do nothing that's relating really to cars. I think, admittedly, we are going to a car museum, but that's because we also enjoy it. It is our passion. <laughs> so I said, we are not going to go and look at an E-type or pick up an E-type or serve as an E-type. And then William said, well, we're not going to borrow a car, so I don't need to photograph a car and talk about it on social media or anything like that. And so we'll, we'll probably get down on our MGB. Yes, I think so. I hope so, before we put it away for winter. But it's very, I think that's going to be one of our biggest challenges, to remind ourselves to switch off and make sure that we are still... Um, yeah, Will and Amy that 
are a couple and not just a business relationship. Yeah, and that's the most important thing, everything. And I know we'll be fine. I hope so. We will be fine. (laughs) Getting a bit personal there. (laughs) Right, number number three. Um, Okay. Oh, wait, no, I didn't. Yeah, you did answer that one. uh, Number three. Where do you want to be in three years when our lease for this place that we're sat in currently is up? Where do you want to be? Am I going first? Yeah, you go first. Be happy. Oh, that's such a nice answer. Um, There's no point doing this job if we're not happy. There's no point getting up in the morning and going to work if you're unhappy. So my strive is to enjoy every day and not let the work destroy my passion. That is where I want to be in three years. It then extends from a grown-up point of view, saying, if our work as William Haynes Limited can be recognised as a leading E-type product and the world to acknowledge what we're doing, if we can lead a new shift in preservation and just think we need a bigger unit (laughs) (laughs) yeah that would be um that would be a nice problem to have i mean bigger units definitely come with bigger problems as well but i'd like to be at that point where we can have the discussion i've I've also put down is enjoy and respect your regrets that's a very wise thing to say actually yeah because everybody will make it we all make mistakes i have made some royal screw-ups in my photography career and i don't talk about them and i miss i'm still ashamed by them and I, that's probably a bad thing to, to to feel because you shouldn't be ashamed of anything but it does mean that i've learned from those mistakes and i will never do those mistakes I, again i think you and i've got a collective good amount of mistakes we made <laughs> and we will make more and it but it has made us be the people we are now to do this and have faith in us and have, be good at our job if I, if you and I couldn't take a mistake on the chin, we would be, we would be a crumbling, crying mess on the floor. So, I mean, sometimes I am, but that's also if I'm not being fed or something like that. <laughs> Very personal podcast. Um, no, I think it's, we have to learn from mistakes and respect those mistakes and make those mistakes not happen again and improve. Yeah. That's where we need to be in three years. I suppose, I think they say a wise man is one that learns not only from their own mistakes, but from others as well. So maybe you could also drop us messages of your biggest mistakes and how you stop them from happening again. So exactly. um, I'm or trying to th- Or if you think we're making a mistake, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> it's a bit late now, isn't it? <laughs> we're here now. Um, I think our, um, <laughs> so three years, I've said, I would like to be paying ourselves. That'd be a nice start. Oh, we'll, be, we'll be doing that. <laughs> we'll be doing that soon, I reckon. But um, not only that, I would... I would really like for people to be able to come to us and say, and not only from a customer point of view, but from a trade point of view, to be able to say, no, they are the people that if you want an E-type restoration, preservation, a good service, then they are the people to go to. And I think for me, from from the trade point of view, that would mean quite a lot because it's the people who know, who have been in the business for a lot longer than us, who've got a lot more knowledge and skills than us to still say, no, if you want this being done, they are the people to go to or they are one of the people to go to. That would be a real honour for me. I, I I completely agree. I think to conclude my mindset and what we're doing is that I am Jagger Blood. Now, that is a massive, massive responsibility. So I know the money will come. We make, make we might make no money in doing this, but we might make, might make a lot of money doing it. But the I care so much about the product and so much about the day in day out detail and building and creation and, and surrounding myself with talented people who can pull my product together. That is my main focus. We are proven. I can do it. My team with my father and Pendine have got a preservation car going to Pebble Beach next year. We know we can do it. It's to have faith and the ability to, do, the ability to 
let my thought process take me there that's where we that's where i'd like to be really with you know in three years time we have the energy to get up in the morning and carry on doing that we will have recognition within the industry because we've already had it it just needs to come again with william haynes limited the money will come but this whole business between amy and i is 110 percent passion driven and that's oh, what yeah. we're all about. You don't do this because you think it'll be a great business idea. <laughs> yeah, I'll go and find, you know, make, start making laptops or something. Yeah, microchips or something like that. That's... Bitcoin or uh, <laughs> I could wear a shiny suit and go to London oh, no. and pretend I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, we're quite hands-on people. But um, yeah, I think that's the, the main thing for, for people listening. If you feel driven by passion more than, I don't want to say driven by, by money because that sounds quite sh- even shallow, but... Things okay. So, well, I'm I'm a photographer. I grew up thinking I would love to be a photographer and travel the world. That would be my dream job. But there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to do that. That's not a realistic job. I'll never be able to afford my own house or anything like that. Um, I mean, how old were you when you bought your first house? Twenty six. And I, mean, I was that for me was the biggest. If people say to me even now, what's the biggest achievement you have ever done up until this taking on this workshop and doing this business? buying my house would have been the biggest achievement because I thought genuinely for the the most of my life that my dream job would not ever be able to fund me being able to buy my own house. So the day that I managed to walk into my house that I own, oh, it it brings tears to my my eyes thinking about it now. That was the the biggest, biggest achievement for me. But the thing is, I, I went into this career, not from a money point of view, but from a pure passion point of view. I, I, I feel that I'm, was put on this earth to take pictures of I don't know what of and I, currently it's cars and I love that so You're much. You're archiving history. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know what it is if it's archiving history or or, or moments or people. It, it's just some something about it, and I think you feel the same about restoring your grandfather's creation of or you're preserving that as well with mm. you know Jaguars, not not even just E types. So, I mean, it's not. It is not just E types. It is. I have the same passion for all classic cars, but like you take, you'd have, if you, it doesn't matter what you photographer, you know, it doesn't matter if you take pictures of people, at, you know, at a social event or at a car event at Goodwood or planes or deep sea diving. Yeah, it's, no, it's, true. it's the photography. Yeah. The same, I love cars. I mean, we've had a joy, we've, we've been on a proper jolly today. <laughs> we've had a very Don't good day today. no hours today. <laughs> we've made no money today, but we've had a very, well, we had, very lovely time. We had a lovely time looking at two GTOs and McLarens. And <laughs> you so can, yes. if you're, if you're listening to this and thinking, I have that, I, I can't I don't even know how to describe it that burning burning desire and passion and love for something even if you think to yourself I would love to do that for a job but I don't think it'll make me any money whatsoever just start just do it if you need a sign saying just start then this is the sign for you begin even if it means you have to do a little bit of you know part-time work on the side or even still keep your full-time job if you have one and do what you love on the side it just as long as it brings you joy and happiness the money probably will come. And if it doesn't, it's okay because you're still hopefully loving what you do. I mean, we've had the same thing, same conversation. If we, if it doesn't work out, we've given it a go. Yeah. We, we really have given it oh, a go. We've given it our all. And I can go back to a normal job, which I'll probably enjoy as well, <laughs> and say, do you know what? I'm still 90% better than most people I'm surrounding myself with because I gave it a go. Mm. Yes, it didn't work out, but I gave it a go. Yeah. Ironically, 
it's going to work out. <laughs> but yeah, it, but you know, it's it's uh, most people don't give it a go and then wish that they they may yeah, have. Don't so. don't be that person. <laughs> don't, don't follow our our crazy lives. Well, this is the great thing about the, the, the car the car world as well, especially people in the classic car world, is that we're all a little bit mad because nobody chooses to to drive a classic car daily or quite regularly because they do go wrong and they are cold and they're rattling and they break. But don't we, talk like Mildred like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know it's true. Yeah. So, yeah, it is it is something where I, th- I hope that all of you listening are, are, are people similar to ourselves and you, you think, yes, I want, to, I want to do things like this. Or maybe you just enjoy watching people do these things as well. But either way, if you think that this is something for you, do it. Give it a go. Yeah, I think this, is, this chat's gone a lot more personal. I thought <laughs> it has, it's also gone much longer than uh, I thought it would do. So I'm sorry that it's over, over an hour. I'll, keep, I'll stop talking. Well, what I'll do is I'll round it up because I can say if you want to carry on following our story, then on Instagram you can find uh, the workshop and William himself uh, on Instagram at William.Haynes. Yeah. It's H-E-Y-N-E-S. There we are. That's, yeah, properly. And then um, if you don't follow me, I am at Amy Shaw Photography, um, which hopefully you'll come across quite easily um but as always you can find all of the podcasts um that you're listening to uh on the you know the driven chat podcast which you can listen to wherever you get your podcasts from which you obviously already know that because you're listening right now so uh yes <laughs> you can also follow us on the social media channels uh, at driven chat or do get in touch on the email which is podcast at driven so thank you so very very much for listening um this has been a i was quite nervous when i started this hour i think we've got better maybe it's because we have had a a little mug of wine each (laughs) that we've been sipping away because we're doing this into our i mean we've got to go home now and feed our cart and make some dinner yeah we do i I just like to thank 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 you for following the journey um (laughs) if you don't know much about driven chat it's all quite new to me too but (laughs) what these guys are doing is stunning so lincoln every day is fantastic in the road when you're driving somewhere for 40 minutes now give it a go and i hope you enjoyed my bit my say so but um you know, follow these guys, they're wonderful. Oh, isn't that nice? See, that's that's where my boyfriend comes in and, and gives me a little big up. Thank you very much. Right, well, there you are. I thank you very much for, for having us in your ears or in your car or workshop or whatever for the last hour or so. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you next time. Bye. Bye. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find a new format, search the Driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.